The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Pachak. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Pachak Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from aboard the number 12 Brightened Eastbourne bus, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, Episode 328. Hello, hello, hello. Well, this is, uh, I'm going to say my name first because I always seem to forget. <laughs> this is Louis Trapani, and joining us on this episode of Doctor Who Podshock is the, let's uh, change it up a bit this week. The voice you just heard is Mr. Ian Bissett coming from south of me here, stateside, though, originally from. Um, New Zealand. Ian Bissett. Hello. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Good to have you back, Ian. I made it. Good to be back. It's always a pleasure. Also, stateside, we have Kyle Jones. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, whatever time it might be when you're listening. Time is all illusion. Lunchtime is really so. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad to be here. Good to have you back, Kyle. And now we're going to take a trip across the pond, not Amy Pond, but the pond that we call the Atlantic Ocean. Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper joins us. I could make a comment about me and Amy Pond. I think <laughs> let's get on with the show. Hiya, guys. Good to be here. We'll, we'll, we'll get to Amy Pond later in the show. So it's okay. good to be back. And as we record this, it's the, well, it's the end of June already. It's the 27th of June as we record this. I don't know where the month went, but um, but I guess I pretty much say that at the end of every month. But so be it. Um, so we got an exciting show for you today. We got some news coming ahead. So, But since um, this is the month of June, and uh, traditionally June is a month which we... Uh, pause and celebrate diversity. That's what the topic of this episode of Doctor Who Pachak is going to tackle, some diversity in Doctor Who throughout the years. And uh, that's all diversity. So um, that's something that we'll get to after the news. So um, I guess first we'll get into the news. I, I hope everyone is, um, you know, I, I say that we're recording this at the end of June, but I know in reality this is go probably will be going out you probably be listening to this in the beginning of July by the time this gets out on the feeds and all that. So uh, those um, in the States or if you're listening elsewhere, those that are that, that celebrate the 4th of July, happy 4th. Um, and uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of any other holidays that might be in the beginning of July. That's the only one that comes to mind. But whatever, it doesn't. I hope you're enjoying your summer. <laughs> if you're... <laughs> But then again, if you're in, in the other hemisphere, I hope you're enjoying your winter. <laughs> it's it's hard to talk globally. 
<laughs> yeah, especially when you walk in eternity. Let's... Yes, yes. Well, I'm trying to be uh, diverse here and, and, you know, address the diversity of our audience. We so, hope you're enjoying the season, of, your season of choice. Your season of choice. And if you're listening, you know, well, you know, people could be listening to this who knows when or on what planet or what moon. And you never know. Yes. <laughs> so uh, for those uh, future historians that are listening and <laughs> hello. That's no moon. <laughs> yes. We're not going to be judgmental on this show. No, no. All right. Well. Getting Dave the- is already a little mental, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, Sorry. I, no, it's okay. I, I was blowing off the dust off my old typewriter. <laughs> Still as old as Dave, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. We're not going to go into ageism, are we? Oh. I married a typist, though. Well, the full secretary, but she was a typist. Oh. Well, that's good to know. Okay, the news. Well, I, I didn't put this on, so but someone else did, so we'll, we'll honor it. And um, and it is a newsworthy um, item, nonetheless. It's As I said, this is June 27th as we record this, and um, a mere nine days ago marked the anniversary of the Gallifrey Embassy since this podcast is uh, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy. Uh, it's celebrating 30 years, three decades. And uh, wow. it's hard to believe that three decades have come to be already. It feels like, um, I'm not sure if, if it was one of you gentlemen here that said it, or, or I, I think it might have been someone that was um, one of the um, one of the original members of the Gallifrey Embassy might have mentioned that it feels like we were just celebrating the 25th anniversary, which really does feel like it was just recently, yet that was a half a decade already ago. So um, so we are going to try to do something, and we, you know, because I, I did put a post on the Gallifrey Embassy, three decades celebrating Doctor Who, which kind of... Um, it didn't really focus so much on the club itself because I've already done posts like that on other anniversaries of the Gallifrey Embassy. So what I try to do is um, I try to uh, think back to 30 years ago and what we were doing, you know, culturally, you know, pop culturally and um, and, and, and what Doctor Who was like 30 years ago and um, just going down a little memory lane there, you know, how things have changed and um, and how some things are the same and um, interesting nonetheless. But so I, at the end of it, I did do a call out for those that are looking to do something to kind of celebrate the 30th anniversary. So we're sort of working on that right now. So nothing really to announce, though um, it was brought up about bringing back the the Second Life um, um you know, get-togethers. Meetups. Yeah. 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 So we may be doing that again. I know the venue has, well, we'll have to change because that venue that we originally was using, well, that we shouldn't say that originally, originally, but that we've been using mostly for the past few years um, before Sandy kind of hit us, well, hit me. (laughs) We uh, no longer exist there, to my knowledge. What? They've changed the wallpaper? Yes. So we'll have to find a new home and to do it. And so something to keep an eye out or ear out or, you know, if, you, if I say that because those that are just listeners that may not 
check the website. But as always, you can always check our website, podshock.net, for updates on what's going on. And um, there's uh, Kyle has a, um, a recent post up there. So, and um, so one of us may be posting on a blog that we all maintain on the site. And there's other information outside of the podcast that are there as well, plus photos and other little videos and whatever are there. So um, I'm going to, you know, we've done this before on anniversaries. We'll I'll try to, you know, maybe post some some additional photos from the past as far as the club goes and um, and, and stuff relating to Doctor Who to mark the 30th anniversary. So something to uh, look forward to on the website. As always, uh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. I was going to say very briefly uh, now, um, just on behalf of the listeners, let me say on their behalf to you, Lewis, this has been a a fantastic achievement that you've done and uh, kept it going for 30 years. And I I think he's only slept about three nights in those 30 years, so (laughs) it's absolutely a massive achievement. Well Well done, Lewis. Well, thank you. Happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Absolutely. And I have a feeling that none of the three of us would be sitting here discussing Doctor Who and the way we're doing it with Podshot if it weren't for you. So thank you for that. Well, you're quite welcome. You're right. As as always, I you know couldn't have done it all myself, so I, I thank everyone, including you three gentlemen and everyone else throughout the years that have contributed and um, you know made it possible for us to last 30 years because it was just me alone. It would, it would have been lucky if it lasted three years. So, uh, yeah, they're too numerous to, to mention here, and I'll probably forget someone, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So, um, yes, everyone that you know who you are, and I, I thank you all for all your diligence and hard work and efforts to, uh, to make 30 years possible. And one of the great things with having the uh, the Podshock, of course, is that their contributions are not in the past. Their contributions are still being enjoyed by people listening to Mac episodes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and we hear that all the time, you know, people that are listeners that are listening back to our old back catalogue, you know, that are five years in the back, you know, which, you know, um, you know, obviously the news gets dated, but, you know, as far as the reviews go, they're still relevant too, you know, because uh, people that are just like um, discovering Doctor Who, maybe catching reviews that we did, you know, uh, of past episodes that are fresh to them, and it may be old hat now, but it's to them, it's a new episode, and um, interesting, yeah. Good. Well, speaking of um, old episodes, there's uh, one old episode of Doctor Who that was originally scheduled for a DVD release, which um, now, is, unfortunately, the BBC, I think was it BBC Worldwide, um, whoever handles yeah. the, the release schedules of DVDs, have, um, have confirmed that they're canceling the DVD of uh, The Underwater Menace, which is a shame. Um, this is a incomplete uh, story, you know, because they're missing episodes. So, but evidently, um, according to Annika Wills, um, who's, who starred in that, they, according to her Twitter, she had uh, posted... You know that they had recorded a commentary and a documentary in 2013, and um, you know he's she's calling for the release of of the DVD. You know, and and um, you know she said that fans, it's not fair for fans. They're waiting to finish the DVD collection. So, I I don't think it's bad news. Yeah, that's right. 
Ah, well, this is going back to your old theory, isn't it? That the yeah, I think there's a reason why they're not releasing it. Because I mean, it doesn't make sense to put all that work in and not release it. I think it will be released. I just don't think it'll be released just yet. And I think when it comes out, that it may very well be complete. Mm. Ah. Interesting. Because yeah, there, there was a tweet that I saw the other day. It was from the BBC that saying that um, something alluding to the fact that there may be more episodes coming. Well, if that is true, I mean, we don't mean to, you know, speculate on. on we don't need to propagate rumors, but we're we're speculating here. If it is true, that would be very good news, and I would rather them. Not release it if they're just if if they were to release this and then a few months later, look, we got the whole thing now, and release that, <laughs> you have to buy it all over again. So it, it may be um, something that's uh, it may be a good thing that they're pulling it if if this turns out to be the case. Right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And other stuff besides. Who knows? You know. Yeah. You know. Uh, other Doctor Who material that he's not talking about other things you can cross though you could cross those things as well right yeah (laughs) cross whatever you can't (laughs) just don't be cross with us okay well um, in other news this this is fairly recent because this is just um, this news just broke that that River Song, or we should say Alex, um, was it Alex King? Kingston? Yeah, Kingston. Thank you. We'll be joining uh, Big Finish in a production with Paul McGann. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of excitement, and it's not just, as this is a, it says a new range of box sets. <clears throat> and um, it says also, uh, producer Richard, uh, David Richardson says, um, uh, the idea of River meeting previous doctors was actually proposed by Stephen Moffat. And it's just irresistible, isn't it? Alex embraced the idea of uh, returning to the role, so she will be starring in no less than two box sets next year. And uh, yes, we're still uh, pinching ourselves about the news. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, let's face it, she always, when she meets the Doctor in the uh, TV series, you know, she's checking his face and, oh, you're very old, aren't you? Implication being she's met the Doctor uh, in his younger years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she she said in, in the very first appearance that she had seen all of his faces. Yeah. So... Yeah. Which, yeah. in a way, does that open the door? You know, I just thought of something. Does that open a door for her return if she's seen all of his faces? That means all of the faces past the 11th Doctor. Well, she's always been seeing him out of order, you know, um, in, in, or, or back. Yeah, so in, in theory, she would have seen the 12th Doctor first. Yeah. True. Good point. So it's, it's yeah, and that's it's feasible. It's possible. Yeah, and that's not the only news out of Big Finish either. It uh, it appears I don't know if this has to do with the the new deal that was signed with uh, Big Finish and 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 BBC, but uh, we're also going to have uh, Peter Davison's uh, Doctor uh, meeting the Weeping Angels. Oh, uh, Colin Baker will be encountering the Jadoon. Sylvester McCoy will meet the Sikarax. And uh, 
Pong game will face a new clone batch of Sontarans on the edge of the Time War. So yes, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting year for uh, for Big Finish. And we'll also have uh, more of the uh, was it uh, Doctor Who the Churchill years? Yes. With Ian McNeese, of course, uh, uh, resuming his role as Churchill. Cameo. <laughs> yes, we should. You know, I I know we we spoke about this in in the past in the news, but I believe it's out now. You know, we spoke about it before it was released, but the Star Trek continues. Speaking of Colin Baker, is um, the the latest episode of the series, which is a fan produced continuation of the original Star Trek series, um, and and we had reported that Colin Baker was going to star in an episode, but I believe that episode. Is if I'm not mistaken, it's it's titled The White Iris, and it's, it should be. I think it's available now, though. I think there was an incident on, and forgive me if I'm wrong with this. It might have been YouTube or whatever that had pulled it for rights issues, and now it's available right. again. So yeah, I think it's, it's all been straightened out. And... It's episode four. It's the White Iris. It's called The White Iris, and um, I'm looking. For, I still haven't had a chance to watch it. I'm gonna maybe after tonight's recording, I, I'll watch it because I keep on saying to myself I should watch it. You know, and I say it to myself earlier in the evening, you know, or or in the afternoon, and then uh, tonight I'm gonna watch it, and then I get sidetracked and whatever, and, and <laughs> then before you know, it's too late to watch. So um, this is something that I should make some time, carve out some time, and watch it. I've enjoyed the other ones, the other episodes from Star Trek Continues. So you'll find it on YouTube, Vimeo, and um, if um, you just do a search for Star Trek Continues, or if you want to find that particular episode again, it's called The White Iris. Okay, and other news. Well, some um, not so good news is that actor John Hurt, who had played the War Doctor, was uh, has been diagnosed with cancer in. Um, Though the good news is it's in the early stage. It's pancreatic cancer. So, you know, I, I think that's the, you know, I, I, you know, with any cancer, the earliest you catch it, the better. So, um, you know, we all wish him well and, and, the, and, the, and the best for this, um, you know, for a speedy recovery, um, you know, whatever they can do. Yes, indeed. I mean, he, he always seems pretty vigorous. And yep. um, it's good. And considering all the other news of uh, famous actors that have uh, sadly passed away recently, not Doctor Who related, so it's not that we're ig- well, we are uh, ignoring them for the sake of this particular podcast. But uh, you know, we do, there has been uh, quite a lot of sad news of these. So this is hopefully um, one of those uh, exceptions where, as you say, those treated early, the prognosis uh, may be good. Yeah, yeah. This, um, you know, if it's if it's not treated early, then it could be problematic. So, yeah. So, I mean, let's, you know, I, as always, we, we, you know, he I, I, again, even you know, outside of Doctor Who, he has a long history among genre fans. You know, going back to Alien, and um, and and actually, this is kind of fitting for tonight's. Uh, Subject of diversity because uh, he's he's done a lot of diverse roles on um, you know 
Um, Quentin, Quentin Crisp, yes. you're thinking Quentin of? Quentin Crisp. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, he does, um, he, uh, the he, Elephant Man he did as well. Yeah, he did The Elephant Man. I, I was trying to think of the, the actual movie name where he played Quentin. Uh, the, na- the Naked Civil Servant. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Memory's a terrible thing. Um, yes, that's the name. Uh, and Lewis's Morbius's brain. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking ahead of time that I hadn't time to really fully prepare. And um, Kyle said, no, the best thing is to just wing it. And I'm like, yeah, but my memory's shot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you remember this scene when this guy and this woman were talking in in that episode, which I can't remember the name of, and it had this TARDIS and, you know. <laughs> yeah. This bloke with a scarf. <laughs> now, who wore a scarf? Exactly. Roman. Precisely. Now, I have a question for you. We were talking about a bus earlier. Does anybody want to share why? We're coming live from the Brighton to Eastbourne bus. That's where we're recording this. We're on Route 12 or Route 12. In in the UK, it's Route 12. That's right. It goes from uh, Brighton to Eastbourne, where uh, only today I was watching the finals of the uh, the tennis at Eastbourne, but uh, this is the uh, south of England route, and... uh, They've named their bus um, after uh, John Nathan Turner. Uh, of course, uh, Doctor Who's longest-serving producer, and that has entered uh, service in the south coast city of Brighton. So, really good. And we're assuming it doesn't fly into space, though. It, it is named John Nathan Turner and the Bannermen, so we never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the decision was made to, to honour the producer because, um, well, for one, he, he lived in Brighton, um, and uh, it was decided by a public vote, which is lovely. That's great. Indeed, it wasn't just pulled out of a hat, <laughs> and it's got Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi, and USB charging points in the upper deck. Yes, and softer seating. And on its routes, part of its routes are um, the Seven Sisters Country Park, where parts of the 1969 Doctor Who story, The War Games, were filmed. Ah. Good little trivia there. So if you happen to be in the area and you want to take take the John Nathan Turner bus, you can. Oh, Tim Jury's on his way there already, I should guess. I'm sure. All right, I think that's going to round out the news, unless there's anything else that we missed. And if you're listening and if um, there's stuff that you want to talk about in the news, you know, as always, we welcome your feedback. And um, even though this isn't the feedback section, just to remind you, the Dr. Podshock public call box is 206-337-4699. We always welcome your feedback. Just keep the... The message is short. It's, it works like voicemail, and you could also send your feedback to feedback at podshock.net as well. And like I said, we enjoy hearing from you. All right. Well, I guess we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Waris Hussein. Thank you for listening to Dr. Who Podshock. Hey, if you enjoy listening to podcasts, not just this podcast, but 
any podcast or all podcasts, I'm sure you'll also enjoy listening to audiobooks. And Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in all different genres, including, of course, science fiction, but also they have thrillers, business, romance, comedy, and so much more. But, of course, there's a large, huge Doctor Who library there as well. And Audible titles will play on iPhones, Kindles, Androids, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere, just like this podcast. And for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with with a free 30-day trial, so you have a chance to check out their service. And if you decide it's not for you, fine, you can cancel and keep your free audiobook. Now, to get your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. And, well, we usually make a recommendation, but for this time, I'm going to let, allow you to choose one and be diversified. You know, we have... <laughs> We we have only what? How many? It's um, a couple months before Doctor Who returns. September nineteenth. It's been announced. Doctor Who is returning. Ah, it's talk like a pirate day. So, if you're looking for some new Doctor Who adventures to listen to, um, even some old Doctor Who adventures to re-listen to or to um, revisit, um, Audible has hundreds of Doctor Who titles to choose from. Um, or if you go outside of the realm of Doctor Who, they have they, they have all different other genres as well, as I mentioned. But they, um, including science fiction, if you're, um, let's say, a Star Trek fan, you can find content there that will please you. Um, all different kinds of material is available. It's worth checking out. Again, to get your free audiobook, no cost to you. That's what free means. <laughs> Simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock. And why not let us know which ones you chose for your free audiobook? And um, and then we'll feature that in, in the next Audible spot so uh, we can share it with our listeners and, um, and see what you have to think about it. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. Once again, I'm joined with Dave Cooper, Kyle Jones, and Ian Bissett. And this is Louis Strapani, as far as I can tell. And we are back with Doctor Who Podshock, as I said before. And as I said at the top of the show, this is the month of June, and we thought it would be a nice theme to kind of look at the diversity of Doctor Who. And I'm not just speaking of LGBT diversity, but of all diversity within Doctor Who. And, uh, um, you know, and it's has a long history obviously it's over 50 years old now and um it's um and and as i was saying before with this being not not just being the month of june as pride month and also in the states it was yesterday was a historical day with the supreme court of the united states decision um which um allows same-sex marriages across all 50 states now so um it's though when this was planned that wasn't that, that it's just a coincidence that that happened um a happy 
accident, or serendipitous, I should say, that it happened um, just the day before we started recording. So um, cheers to uh, to equality and, and, and to all those that are, um, you know, the, the, that can take advantage of that now. So, um, but getting to Doctor Who, and, and as I said, we'll talk about all different diversity. I mean, we, we can go right, right back to the very beginning of Doctor Who in 1963, which, um, you know, which obviously William Hartnell is the doctor, and we have a, um, we have a, a, a fairly, I think she was f- the, the um, 15, the character of um, Susan Foreman. If, if I re- I'm just going by memory here. I think that was, so we, so touching upon age, you know, people's ages here, we, the doctor, we have no idea how old he is, but from what we can discern, I mean, William Martin was only 55 at the time, but he was playing older, you know, so he was playing this grandfather right. gentleman character. But uh, this episode picked up, you know, um, two new companions, Barbara and Ian. And I think... Um, you know, as far as, you know, strong women characters throughout the years, I think Barbara being the first, you know, if not counting, well, you could count even Susan as a companion, but I think they're, they're both very strong female characters. Um, you know, of, of course, this was, as always, we have to put things in the timeline that they occurred, and this is 1963, and, you know, so... There was some screaming, but you know it's. Uh, but I, I think there's still strong characters, nonetheless. Uh, as the years go on, we're introduced to other strong female characters in the series. Um, uh, the, the first one that comes to mind um, is, and I'm, I don't mean to skip over others, but um, but I, I think one of the strongest ones of that that, that took over the companionship role that wasn't a screamer and that 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 was on par with the doctor was Liz Shore, you know, as a scientist and um you know I think she broke new ground there. Um you then you had you know and, and this is coincides with the women's movement as well, again putting things in perspective of the time that they took place in um, you know, this is the early 70s, and then we had Sarah Jane Smith, who's a, a working woman reporter, and um, not to say that, you know, Barbara was a working woman, too. So, um, but I, 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 again, I think um, a very strong character and, um, and, and and kind of paved the path for uh, what we see in modern-day Doctor Who. Um yeah, so uh, I mean, w- w- one of the things that's always they always used to say this about westerns and and in fact any genre of TV program, uh, no matter what period in history, whether it's contemporary for the time, are uh, there people you know uh, film filmed in the forties talking about you know the previous century, uh, you know in uh, you know on Wells Fargo. Uh, coaches or whatever it happened to be uh, are into the future they are always representative of the uh, the sensibilities and time and thoughts of the age uh, I think one of the things that we've got to think about in terms of this diversity thing and I, I'm probably might be 
slightly not at odds with uh, with with the general thought of this, but simply you know a little bit stuck in my own uh, Russian timeline. But um, because it's always been forced down our throat that Dot Who is uh, was a children's program. Uh, when I don't think of it as that, I think of it as a family program. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I go back to TV when, you know, um, a genre was a genre and you didn't mix genres. So if it was a film about cowboys, you rode horses and shot guns. You maybe kissed the girl at the end, but that was about as far as it went. Uh, uh, then you had the whodunits uh, and then you had the science fiction. And although there was a, a genre of, you know... Um, uh, Venus women on Mars, or whatever the word is, are that mostly uh, you stuck pretty much to your genre. So I, I was very much of the, the person growing up that thought of Doctor Who as, you know, and again, this is a, a dated term, but boys' own adventures. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, in the UK, there was books called The Boys' Own Adventures, and it was a major thing when they brought out girls. <laughs> adventures uh, and there was all this stereotyping with boys and girls because when we talk about diversity uh, I think we're not just going to talk about um, you know sexual orientation in a sense but in terms of aspirations and role models of the females oh, yeah. you've already mentioned Absolutely. you've already mentioned that, yeah in terms of the, you know these were working women I mean Barbara was an ideal companion in a way yeah. because uh, not only was she a woman of authority uh, who who Presumably, they had a pretty level head. She had, uh, history was her subject, um, and we also had the uh, the scientific uh, analytical mind of Ian uh, again. And he was a you know a young, uh, you know, probably uh, you know the heartthrob of all the girls in school, and so he was a, a good strong lead. But on those terms, I mean, how, how long was it before we even thought that? Perhaps, uh, and just by the way, just recently the uh, I saw a lovely article on the Doctor News site uh, going on about um, uh, Ian and Barbara, and there was a lovely little clip uh, from the chase, uh, the sequence where they're actually um, leaving the Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know they've they've got the um, the Daleks uh, time machine, and they realise that's a chance for them to get back home, uh, and so on and so forth, but but. You know, uh, you might have thought, oh, you'd put a footnote in their companionship as, you know, uh, Ian and Barbara get home to their own time, get married and live happily ever after. And that's about as far as anybody's personal life uh, that it ever went. But uh, as you say, uh, strong characters has always been great. I mean, the Sarah Jane characters, you know, uh, the, the the way she'd, uh, you know... Uh, got herself into uh, the institution uh, pretending to be her own auntie and, uh, uh, you know, an investigative reporter and all, all these sort of uh, people. I mean, Ace, I mean, you know, a real um, tomboy character, mm. uh, you know, wielding a baseball bat, carrying Nitro 9, uh, uh, has her own um, sort of uh, speak, a, a real grew up on the ordinary city streets. In fact, you know, is is, is Rose really, um, you know, uh, uh, two generations after Ace in terms of, you know, she's, uh, she's living in the council block, she's uh, working as a shop assistant, uh, you know, she knows how to brush off the, the lectures in the... Uh, 
you know, try and get dates with her or whatever. She's, uh, she's got a boyfriend. She meets him for lunch. Uh, the only thing that's... Um, Really, well, actually, not only the good thing that it shows about her is the the fact that um, she she only feels limited by having this boyfriend. She she just wants to sort of go out with him till she's twenty three or four and get married and have kids. You know, she wants to seek adventure. Uh, and when the doctor comes along, she rather unceremoniously dumps Mickey. Um, uh, so we've got lots of diversity in those. But I've talked a long session so let's get the initial thoughts of the other two guys Ian go for it okay um, yeah I mean there's a lot to agree with there I mean uh, one thing looking at Ian and Barbara that, that always kind of struck me is that uh, for the most part they'd always played them off as, as, as equals uh, especially in the opening episode mm-hmm. there was no she wasn't the, the school secretary she was a teacher in her own right um and 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 every bit as equal as as the man in the show as well. Um, sure, you know there's there's screaming screaming and ankle twisting going on, but there's also some some great moments for for Barbara um, throughout her time on the show where she shows her strengths. Absolutely. And yeah. for for that time, that's that's it, it's the wonderful thing about science fiction and 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 fantasy really is that you can properly explore those things that that uh, real-life dramas cannot really do because real-life dramas are confined by the sensibilities of the time. Uh, things like Doctor Who can show women in power. Uh, they can visit a, a, a time in the future where it's uh, an army of women uh, or where the, you know, the woman is the lead scientist mm-hmm. on, on the project. Um, it, it's, it's always been the great strength of Doctor Who, where you can do that. Um, yeah, because you have the confines I, of, of everyday, you know, terrestrial life here in, in you know, in contemporary right. time, whatever that time was, you know, the episode was produced. But you put them... You yeah, could, it's always... You, with Doctor Who, you have this open format of any place and any time, and then it allows for this creativity. And, and like you said, you could put... Um, you could put women in all different um, situations and and, um, and and portray them in all different ways without yeah, the, the confines of, the, the, of society. The, yeah, whether they be the big bad, bad guy, which is also a, a major thing, you know, having having the the you know the big bad guy be you know a woman, uh, yeah. a very powerful woman. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of that in recent Doctor Who as well, where the right. the, the foe, the villain. Was a, a strong woman character. Probably the Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Ronnie, but I'm, but I'm even more recent. You know, we had episodes where right um, there, there's a lot of strong uh, ambiguous characters, like um, uh, from the uh, Planet of the Dead. You know, the the. Uh, the, the well back to buses again, but you know where we've got situation where this person's a bit of a rogue, but a likable rogue, and uh, you know they don't fit. That that's the thing; they're not stereotypical of one particular you know aspect of uh, uh, of a female role in that sense. No, I totally yeah. agree. I mean, you go back. Uh, you know, I'll echo what you two just said about Ian and Barbara. I mean, you know, I I know it was 
considered a children's show way back then. But you go back and you look at an unearthly child and you see, you know, number one, William Hartnell's character of the age that he was. So, you know, you've got the age factor there and the opposite with Susan for the younger character. And they could have very easily had... um, in, I mean, excuse me, Barbara as a secretary. She could have been the school's secretary trying to find out why the child did not come to school or where the child lived, but no, they had her equal. And as they progressed, you know, look at, um, you know, look at uh, Zoe, uh, her um, relationship that she had uh, with, with him uh, constantly challenging his intellect, challenging him, trying to prove that she's smarter than he is. And then we progress with Sarah Jane, et cetera, and so forth. So I agree with both of what she, what you said about the diversity. And I think it did change with the times all the way up to we've got Clara today. So, yeah. I mean, we've even had a ginger companion. We've actually had two ginger companions. I mean, if that's not diversity, I don't know what is. <laughs> but I'm still Sorry, I that. ginger. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, oh, forgot where I was Yeah, Zoe is, is uh, the interesting thing, too, is um, we had Zoe and Jamie and the doctor, and, and in some regards, um, Zoe was the more intelligent and uh, level headed of two. Especially when you put you know Jamie and Zoe together, you know Jamie's uh, you know pretty much just a savage in comparison. You know he's you know Scottish Highlands boy doesn't know anything about you know mathematics or or space travel or or science. Um, so really, you know the the series was you know sex wise was was playing a, a bit of a dodgy game where you've got the all the boy can do is is do the rough and tumble stuff, um, but the girls doing all the all the all the thinking, you know. But that's not to say. Look at what. That, that's not to say that it's it's only that too, because then you have women characters companions that broke that mold as well, such as Leela, who was uh, mm. very physical, and as uh, Dave had mentioned before, Ace again is someone that you're not going to want to mess with. I mean, these people these these are uh, two women characters that can hold their own in a physical sense. You know, where I, I wouldn't want to go up against them in a fight <laughs> in a physical fight. No. <laughs> Well, look at what Doctor Who did for all the robot dogs out there. I mean, that right there is diversity enough. Exactly. And not just a dog, but a robot dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Affirmative master. Oh, very good. Affirmative. Affirmative. Program achievable, master. Let's not forget Captain Jack. Um, real kind of mold breaker there. Um, not only did we have uh, someone who was out, 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 you know, out and out gay uh, playing the role, but we had uh, not just bisexual, but pan. What did he say? Pansexual. Omnisexual is like is that what I would omnisexual was his, I mean, I, yeah. that's the term that I uh, remember. Well, I mean, he might have said yeah. pansexual, but for some reason, omnisexual stands right. Chunks, yes, go. (laughs) Yeah, somebody who would just hit on anybody. Uh, Somebody who is free to love anyone, uh, if they looked good enough, I guess. (laughs) And, and, 
you know, uh, like Dave mentions, uh, Chanto, um, you know, here's a insect woman who he's extremely attracted to. Um, and so the, the boundaries of, of, of what he loves or, or, you know, finds appealing are, are very, very wide and, and, and open and diverse. Um, I don't think of, of Captain Jack as a, a gay character. Um, no, I just think of him as very, Captain Jack. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> he's kind of def- it's, it's 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 he's kind of defined the role himself. <laughs> he's just he's Captain, Jack. Captain Jack character. <laughs> I, I, well, I think he's I think, and I think it was a real turning point when he came into it. There's no doubt about it. There was uh, there was a sea change. I mean, we had things uh, prior to him, where uh, like Shakespeare Code, I think it was, where you know, uh, fifty poets have just jumped up and shouted and things like that, and uh, and other little odds and things. But uh, there's no doubt about. It, that Captain Jack was a complete turning point. Is that not that there was anything going back from that? Uh, I think Free Spirit's probably the best descriptor of hmm. um, his attitude. Um, right. Uh, and very likable. Now, that may and could have and may in some people's minds caused a problem when we had the spin off of Torchwood because we had, and I think, I think it was Lewis that commented about it way, way back. Uh, but the fact that, you know, uh, Captain Jack could be obviously in Torchwood and he could still come back to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But where the Doctor could go on to the Sarah Jane Adventures, the Doctor couldn't go into Torchwood. Um, because no, that Torchwood was a whole... was very much aimed as an, to adult audiences. Torchwood was... Right. As a, Doctor Who was a family... As you said, Doctor Who was a family show, but Torchwood was decisively a, a, an adult show, you know, aimed at adults. Right. I, I don't... Yeah, so Captain Jack is, is is definitely a unique character in that sense that he can, um, you know, he, he can switch. <laughs> he can. He, I was going to almost say transgender, but he can go from one to the other. If you know what I mean. Well, I'm sure he can well, do that. I too. mean, we've we've even, we've even done that now um, with oh, the yeah. master changing from 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 a male form to a female form. Uh, we've really got a. Uh, first transgender character in, in, in Doctor Who. And, and um, you know what? I, I caught something the other day, and I uh, and you just made me think <laughs> about it. Exactly. Um, in the episode, The Doctor's Wife, there there is a character that they refer to as the Cosayer, uh, and he, ref- he makes a comment that at one point he was a she. Uh, right, go back yeah. in, and I had forgotten about that until you mentioned that right there. But yeah, then, of course, like you there. said, we have Missy. Yep, no, we have yep. Missy. So, but let, let's not skate over it too much, though. I mean, I'm not particularly that keen on the master changes of sex. Uh, so, uh, but on the other hand, you know, you could argue that the writers have been brave. They've moved. Um, it's a little bit trying to turn the Titanic round, isn't it? You know, um, mm. some people see some of the things that they've tried to do on Doctor Who as a, a whacking great elephant in the room or an iceberg, and um, let's steer clear of it altogether. That's the safest route. And well, uh, the- there was a time when when the doctor kissing a companion was just unheard of. Yeah, well, that and you know, an uproar in nineteen ninety six with the TV movie oh. among the fans. The, the, where you know how far the show has moved along since then is 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 amazing, really. When you when you think about it, you know, 
Um, but those movements were also being done. It's, I guess it's the problem with, I mean, I guess Dave's probably the, the, the person who has lived through Doctor Who, um, more than, of course, um, the three of us. Uh, and by that, I mean, you lived through the, the changes of, of attitudes in real time, uh, yeah. in, in real time. Uh, whereas we tend to look back on Doctor Who and go, oh, isn't that funny? He's, he's sending, he's sending Joe for a cup of tea, you know, oh, how quaint. Um, but, um, even, even the changes in Joe as a character. I mean, that's, that's the first meeting is, is he wants her to be a good girl and go get me a cup of tea. Um, and she, she breaks that mold. She, you know, no, I'm I'm not going to be your you know tea fetching girl. You know, I'm I'm every bit as you know capable. And she wins him over. Dense. She wins yeah. him over. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, it, it's yeah, it is very difficult to look back on it and and and, and see some of these points um, because you know us looking back on it is is you, you tend not to see some of the things that. That, that they were trying to do at the time because you know, we're looking at it from from eyes wide open um, and, and looking back at it and going, oh, yeah, that's great. They've got a female, you know, captain of the brigade. Uh, so what? You know, but at the time, you know, um, Brigadier Bambara, mm-hmm. uh, black female, yeah. you know, yeah. Leader of 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 unit, mm-hmm. um, the successor to to um, Lethbridge Stewart. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I was also going to say it's not a linear thing either, though, because I mean it has not. I mean it has, as you say, of this timeline, it has altered in different directions. I mean, in the early days, after after uh, Barbara and Ian, I mean, we get Stephen, you know, played by Peter Purves, that joined Stephen, and he was, the, you know, he was the spacefaring Dan Dare character, if you remember Dan Dare. Uh, and then we had um, um, some softer female characters l- later on. Uh, of course, well, we had Ben, didn't we? Ben Jackson, the seaman, the able seaman, and Polly, the sort of swinging 60s girl who, who had a little bit of emancipation, but yet didn't have, uh, you know, you know, she she wanted to be emancipated, but she still had to deal with a lot of um, uh, stigma or what have you. And, and then we have people like just, Prior to Zoe coming in, we have Victoria, who was, um, uh, again, from the time zone she was from, she was a little bit more sheltered. So it's not been, you know, a steady, you know, if you were to draw a graph of this, some people would say it's gone into reverse at various points. Uh, But that's to assume that you're you're giving... um, a quality of good to one direction and bad to the other. But, uh, you know, it's sort of weaved its way uh, along with the moors of the time. Uh, But I I absolutely still think that the Captain Jack joining Doctor Who was the the biggest seismic change. You could argue, like uh, um, you had did, Lewis, that um, the kiss uh, in the TV movie was probably the very first, you know... uh, I don't want to give anybody a frightening who lives on some San Andreas fault, but that was the first seismic shot, wasn't it? That one, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, mm-hmm. the, the, and then um, 
Well, we we've always, I suppose you're gonna, we've always said the 1996 movie was sort of a, acts as a bridge between this Doctor Who series, you know, from 1963 to 1989. To you know, when, when then we entered that long hiatus where it was off the air and there was nothing, and then Doctor Who, this 1996 movie, sort of bridge. Talk to bringing it into the, you know, into the 2005 series, you know, where, um, I mean, it allowed them to do more probably, you know, when they brought, when Russell T. Davies brought Doctor Who back and to explore more. I mean, before then, before that kiss, the Doctor was always pretty much asexual, you know, he didn't, I think Colin Baker might have said at one point um, that, that um like that love was a, a human emotion and the doctor wasn't human and that's why he wasn't you know that's why we didn't see him express an interest in that and um and and and, it's, and I always said you know one of the things that um that attracted me to Doctor Who was that it was so different from this going back to when I discovered it in the in the late seventies even though it's been around obviously longer than that but when I came across it. Science fiction was, you know, well, you think of the uh, Captain Kirk's and, you know, other science fiction where you you have these strong male characters that were out to, um, you know, dominate how many women in all different planets and whatever, you know, the, the, that was part of their conquest and the, the makeup of the character. And, um, and here you had a, a, the lead character that wasn't, following that path you know and um so it was something different and it wasn't you know what the doctor wasn't out to see how many you know how many women he could conquer in in his adventures it would it, he was beyond that it, it seemed you know um you know but it, I, you well, know, though, you know, going back to diverse to, yeah, to the diversity of the different characters for just a, mo- a moment you know one aspect of the diversity is not necessarily how the characters progressed, but where the characters originated as a character. Let's take Zoe and Victoria, for example. You had Victoria, who, yes, her character was more sheltered, but came from a older time than mm-hmm. did from the futuristic. So, you know, that is something that we, I think we've commented before about, is th- from 2005 forward, all of the companions, minus the exception of River, who you could say is quite not a companion, is they are all set in the present, whereas back then they were from different planets, they were from different times. So, they, so you had a lot of diversity, and I think some of the characters matched the period from which they were supposed to have originated from. Well, that's an interesting Absolutely, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you have you could have companions yeah. like Jamie and Zoe who are very different from different times and different cultures, and you know, and you have that contrast between them. Um, you know, and the the same thing could be said with with other when you have more than one companion, and it just it, it's just, it's a tapestry and a texture that that Doctor Who affords that possibly other shows can't do because. You know, you can't go into other times and 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 and, um, and places. And yeah, I also think a lot of the the actual actors that that were with the show for a time, you know, tried to influence this a little bit. I mean, uh, I think one of the reasons um, uh, why Sarah Elizabeth Sladen was going to leave Doctor Who and and was persuaded to stay on. Um, 
love to listen to Ian and myself on the Quest is the Quest uh, when we were talking about things like this. But um, the the fact that, um, like for instance, that Sarah Jane was a very strong character with the Third Doctor, but because of some of the stories where she had to be, um, you know. Uh, trapped or what have you are put to sleep I hypnotized uh there were things against that but yeah even even with that com the 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 not the commentary the uh the review we did of um the brain of morbius uh, she showed uh whether it was through some persistent on the actress's part but you know even when she was struck blind she still trying to cross country to go and save the doctor who she believed needed her help um but but even so, people do feel that her character was watered down somewhat. Some people feel that the Leela character was watered down, you know, when she was sort of... They were trying to gentrify her and get rid of the Jane of Thorns um, and one or two others. And um, th- Then we have some other characters. Let's just go with it. The men changed a little bit, too, as well. I mean, because we have Adric, who's sort of the spoiled boy that sort of... St- Sneaks aboard. Then we have the very ambivalent character of um, Thur- Come on, I, I get in trouble. Turlo. Yeah, Turlo. Um, uh, there, that's an, another character. And then, and then, uh, and then we get um, Perry, of course, Perry Brown, who um, a very first appearance, you know, caused quite a stir um, on the side of a boat <laughs> in a bikini, you know. Um, quite a stir, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was still, I think, that sort of uh, carried her into the TARDIS, um, uh, having saved her. I mean, that was an entrance and a half. So people were thinking, I know, I know. Um, of course, th- that was when I think Doctor Who was making its own strides internationally, wasn't it? It was... Uh, the doctor was going down under, wasn't he? And he was uh, Australia was beckoning, and uh, they had to uh, reach. And, and, and I suppose the natural one we've mentioned, uh, um, Captain Jack. We ought to now, especially since the news about River Song in the audio. Uh, River Song is then um, another extremely strong character that was another shift. Um, uh, because she had power over the Doctor as well as having her own strength, didn't she? And that gave a different dynamic. I mean, the fact that she can actually fly the TARDIS and fly it properly <laughs> and was taught by an expert, but not the Doctor. Right. You know, uh, she, you know, she's every bit you know the doctor it, it's it's said an awful lot in doctor who and i always hate saying it but she's every bit the doctor's equal um actually she's probably more than equal to the doctor um but because of her fallibilities being just you know what is she half human <laughs> sorry half human <laughs> on her mother's side um <laughs> don't let us say that anymore <laughs> But she could just uh, click her fingers and have him come running, couldn't she? Right, yeah. I mean, she ex- exerts a certain amount of uh, power over him, uh, which not a lot of companions have ever been able to do. I mean, the Doctor always runs to his companion's aid, but um, nobody can summon the Doctor quite like uh, River Song can. I, I mean, one of the biggest things... 
Yeah, one of the biggest ones for me was when she's uh, escaping and uh, I can't... Oh, I've forgotten the episode, but the one where she actually dives off the building and the TARDIS appears underneath her and she dives into the swimming pool uh, from the President's one. Oh, uh, the... Um, Stay on the moon. It's not about the a- astronaut. The impossible, um, yeah, yeah, the impossible uh, yeah, astronaut. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, talk about... You know, uh, he's almost you know a, a biddable servant at that point. Um, right. So there's lots, and um, and of course uh, uh, the fact that that she appears to know the doctor's name, so that that leads to all these thoughts of well, they must be pretty intimate, this that and the other, and then uh, we even have the episode you know with the marriage. Uh, and so on and so forth, which I'm still I'm still not really sure of that episode. I, I still, no. I still <laughs> I'm still a bit confused about it. If anybody can explain that episode to me, I'll be most grateful. Yeah, <laughs> that's just on the back of a postcard. <laughs> yeah. The wedding of River Song. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, we're, we're, we are talking about diversity, and 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 you mentioned about this month, and uh, so again, I, I am a little bit old school. It's not that I, I I'm bothered about. I mean, I can watch, uh, uh, you know, Torchwood, and then thoroughly enjoy it, and 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 some of the the themes and attributes to uh, Captain Jack and his lifestyle and uh, things like that. I mean, I'm quite happy to uh, watch, and, and it works. Um, I get a little bit worried when, um, you know, Captain Jack hides weapons in certain places and and uh, little, <laughs> little sort of... It's almost... It, it, I'll tell you what it reminds me of, and again, I'll shut up after this for a minute. It reminds me of when they used to make cartoons after Disney. Uh, when, when, when Disney cartoons were made, they were for kids. And every seven years, they brought the kids. The, the, then they started realising that, really, they had to persuade the dads to take the kids along. So there were always a few adult jokes that supposedly went over the kid's head. That the father enjoyed. Uh, there was, um, yeah. you, know, um, you know, Cinderella had a rather shorter skirt than she perhaps should have had, just to keep the dads well, interested. Yeah, well, that's um, what John Nathan Turner used to always say: something for the dads, you know. And, and I and you mentioned it before right. with with Perry Brown's introduction, you know, something for the dads, you know, and that was his uh, his catch line there that you know to explain, the, you know, <laughs> that aspect of Doctor Who. But, uh, but but as far as Captain Jack goes, I think what you're getting at, I mean, he, he, we shouldn't confuse his behavior as, you know, his perhaps his identification as uh, as far as um, his, his sexual orientation and his behavior are two different things. That goes with anyone, you know. So, um, you know, I, I think representation is very important, you know, and I, I think um, it's, it's good that we're finally seeing greater representation and they don't it doesn't you know as far as um you know well we we were speaking of women characters but this goes with races ages ethnicity and as far as sexual orientation as well and and since um we're we're sort of speaking about it now I, i think 
you know, Doctor Who's come away, come a long way since the beginning, you know, to being more inclusive in that. We, um, th th there was hints and, you know, there were themes that were in in episodes that you can go back to even the classic series where uh, or even there were some possibilities of um, speculation with Ace and you know since she was very um, 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 I, I guess tomboyish you know and there was um, some speculation where um, they were going to explore if the if this if the series went on, they were going to explore her and her, her character even more so and flush her out as far as um, it, it, it might have gone into you know where where she's might be seeing someone of of of, of the same sex or something like that. Where but the, I mean I don't want to go into something like that because it didn't happen that the series didn't go in that direction. I mean, it didn't go in any direction because it was cancelled, unfortunately, at that time. The thing is, she looked so good in a dinner suit, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> but but there, there were even, like, themes in the Happiness Patrol. Where, um, and, and again, they, they didn't touch, they didn't go... This was... Uh, the, we're in the 1980s now, so the Doctor Who's sort of, sort of like, tiptoeing into, um, you know, greater representation of, uh, of perhaps LGBT um, people and all that, and um, but then we skip forward to uh, you know the Russell T Davies era, and, and then um, then there's a segment of fans that started complaining about the gay agenda, which I you know anytime there's representation, they start saying, oh well, that's you know they, they people are are offended that and they, they think it's it's being forced down them, but it's just the mere representation is. Isn't it? I mean, it's 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 an important fact that you know if you have straight characters, there should be gay characters as well. And um, right, uh, I mean, I must admit, I go, I I don't particularly. It's taken me a while to accommodate it and 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 enjoy it, but that's also because I'm coming from a thing where I didn't want any sex in it. It was not a question of oh, you can allow ordinary sex, but not. Well, I'm not even talking about sex. You can allow one. Well, no, no. All right, you can allow one worldview, but not another worldview. I mean, uh, let, let's get to say Madame Vastra and Jenny, and well, the, and these are the, like the first reappear, reappearing gay characters, if you will, in Doctor Who. You know, um, but but again, you don't really see them having doing the act. I mean, it just, I mean, it, you could go, I mean, for that matter, um, Rose and Mickey, you know, you, you have to assume that they've done it too, but you, you didn't see it on screen. Yeah. So, I mean, if yes. you have one, you, you should be able to have the other as well without, you know, like I said, behavior and, and representation are, are two different things. So, yeah, I may, I may have misled you. What I was trying to say is I would rather there was none of any type. You know, but that's because of my historic link to Doctor Who from way back. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, you. I mean, we, we speculate about Barbara and Ian possibly getting married, and 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 you know, after they left the TARDIS. So, who, who's to say that um, you know, two male or two female characters couldn't have done the same? You know, without seeing it on screen. Right. Indeed, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know it's probably more of a. Uh, of, of my old stodginess than anything else. No, but it's, it's understandable. I mean, it's uh, I, again. I, I'm not, you know, I'm 
Just, I'm, I'm just saying. No, no, not, not in everything. Not in everything. In terms of seeing it in Doctor Who, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying that it's good to have representation. It's just like, um, you know, um, and it, and it's it not just, and I'm, I'm not just speaking of LGBT, LGBT either, but of, of any um, representation. Right. You know, um, you know, it, it's good to if if someone's growing up, and you know, we said it's a family show, so. If someone's growing up and they happen to be black, it's good to have black characters. If they happen to be gay, it's good to have some sort of representation that they they are represented somehow in in um, on screen, you know. And and I think that now the series has come to the point where you know they they slowly started introducing. Um, I, I think I don't know if it was the first, but there was uh, where the episode "A Good Man Goes to War." There was, um, and there were two male soldiers that commented that they were that, that, that they were married. And then you had um, Canton Everett Delaware the third in Delaware, the poss- right? Yeah, in, oh, the, right. In, the, in the possible astronaut and Day of the Moon made some sort of comment that Nixon wouldn't allow him to marry his partner or something like that. You know, and right. and, and again, this was commenting back to the. To the Nixon era, which was you know obviously in the in the um in the seventies there in the early seventies uh, but it, um i mean and then the, the the modern show is even touched upon homophobia and racism if you go back to the idiot's lantern, there was some overtones of that as well you know oh yeah that in was the quite fifties. I didn't particularly like that episode, but that the father figure in there was a really nasty yeah, character wasn't yeah. he yeah, absolutely. We just wanted him to get what was coming to him. Right. Or at least I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, even in uh, Human Nature, Family of Blood, we had to deal with uh, um, with racism. Right. I'd forgotten about um, that. Yeah. When uh, when Martha's down scrubbing the floors, you know, there's that there's the comment in there, and you know, it, it, sometimes it stings, you know, but that. That it should, it should yeah, a little. Yeah, there should absolutely. be that bit of a sting there where you go, ooh. That was know. one of yeah, one of Martha's best pieces was in that as well. When when mm. she's challenged by the nurse about what do you know about it, and she rhymes off all the bones in the hand and right. yeah, yeah, and things like that. Yeah, the, not the, only the, is she a woman that has all this knowledge, but she's a black woman that has all this knowledge. You know, um, she's got more knowledge than 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 she does. So it's you know. It's a fantastic little moment where she's, you know, naming off the bones. And I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right, the Martha Jones pioneered that, that as um, being the... I mean, if you, unless you count Mickey Smith, you know, being the first black companion. So I, I think mm. that broke a barrier there. Even the relationship between Rose and, and Mickey um, being shown on screen yes, yeah. caused... Some problems, um, well, complaints from the BNP, um, yeah, but, saying they were showing a multicultural relationship. They really meant it was multiracial, but you know. <laughs> let's move on to the other thing as well, because um, going to um, Voyage of the Damned and that, and Cavalapa, you, you could say it better than me, and Cavalapa, <laughs> yeah, Balefala. and then he was talking about prejudice to. Because he was an android, wasn't he? Uh, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, um, uh, and people were thinking, oh, he, he's, uh, the the implication was people, you know, uh, against him because he was of short stature. But 
he, he had an even bigger thing that he was hiding. Uh, and then, of course, we had the other story um, with the... Um, the the king one the uh, oh crikey you're you're actually like Ian that's the uh, the law the 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 ring the other I know what you're talking about the rings of no it wasn't the ring of Agatan no um the king one the the one where he, he he had to there was a hole in the sky where all the planets and he he had to destroy them all. They'd gone to this world where there was supposed to be a um, an amusement park. They'd taken the kids with them. Uh, Clara had yeah. promised the two kids oh. they'd go on a trip. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 with the, with the, with the Cybermen. Cybermen, yeah. That really, the early shocky Cybermen story. Silver oh, something, silver... No. Prep? What prep? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to you. Anyway, uh, what about that? I was I mean, there, was, uh, there was this about Nightmare you know, of uh, Silver. Yeah. Ah, thank there you. We um, but uh, there was this, you know, talking about that in terms of uh, prejudice. Certainly, going back to the um, the one on the uh, spaceship Titanic, uh, mm. we had a, f- a few things like that. Right. Well, getting back to uh, to races and Doctor Who, I mean, Doctor Who hasn't been immune to criticism as well. There's, um, I, I remember back going back to the Italians of Wang Chiang, where it received a lot of criticism because they had used um, a, a white actor, John Barrett, to play a, a Chinese villain instead of, oh, instead yeah. of hiring an a Asian actor to, uh, to mm. do that. Right. And then, uh, but I mean, we probably still haven't seen that much Asian representation. We had Chang Li, the character played by um, in the in the nineteen ninety six movie um, Yi's Yi Ji So, if I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah. If you count him as a companion or not. Right. Well, he we went inside the master's TARDIS. No, it went inside yeah, the doctor's. No, it was the doctor's the TARDIS. We didn't see the master's yeah. TARDIS in that. I was it was the like, doctor's TARDIS. Like, yeah, he went inside. Watching? Yeah. It was a cutscene. No, no, it, ma- <laughs> it was the master that was inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The master was inside the doctor's TARDIS. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course. Pretending it was his. That's where you're confused. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Every time the doctor's up for um, renewal, when he gets regenerated, um, you know, when there's speculation, you know, when someone says, oh, well, this person's announced that they're leaving, and of course, immediately following is speculation who will be the next doctor. And of, of course, speaking of strong women characters, and uh, the speculation begins if we're going to have the first female doctor. And and I know we discussed this before, and... and um, and I, and I think, you know, possibly Moffat was testing the waters with the Master and Missy, possibly. Who knows? I, um, you know, we, we still don't know how Missy came to be Missy. You know, we, we can assume, you know, that, that, you know, somehow, I don't know if it's through regeneration or through he's taken over another person's body or whatever because the Master's done both. Right. We, we don't know. But, um, I mean... It, I mean, I, I, and again, I, I don't want to tackle. I don't want to 
sound like an old siren that that keeps on saying the same thing, but because we've already discussed this, but I mean, I, I don't have a, a problem with a you know a female doctor. I just it's just the regeneration of it. I, I just if it if it comes to be, I just wish it wasn't through regeneration. I, I my problem is with magic, you know, and I just feel that the show has gone too far into the realm of magic where it has no structure or no um, not structure. Um, um, Foundation uh, boundaries, yeah. No. There, there's, boundaries, yeah. Yeah, I mean the sonic, the sonic screwdriver could do anything now, and um, you know, it's just like the, the the TARDIS should always be a police box. So um, I feel there should be certain, you know. And now we lifted the, the 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 twelve regeneration limit and all that. There just needs to be some limit because the the series. And again, I don't. I'm not going to go into belabor this too much because I already. Ex- went into this in past episodes since the series so open-ended where it can go any time in any place it needs to have some balance of of structure or, or then i'm using that term again but confinement of certain things that that to balance things off you know to um i mean the the, the doctor should be able to die you know they should be some that um he, he should be fallible, you know, and if you make him infallible or make him so magical that he can do anything and, and you know, now that the Time Lords are gone, he, he's, you know, before he was constantly, they were policing him in a way, you know, keeping him on a leash even when they were using, they, they even when they gave him his freedom, they still were calling upon him to do certain things. So, um, you know, he, he was always confined in a certain respect and, and now that the Time Lords are gone, he's sort of godlike and, um you know, so that, that that's my only issue with that is that um, it just seems it's it, if it does come to be, I just wish it wasn't a regeneration process that does it. I just All think right. that there should be some constraints to what you can do in a regeneration. Yeah, I think the other thing I, I can think of that would come under this diversity as well is the way that um, children are sort of uh, represented in this I mean I don't I don't really want to talk about fear her but I mean let's go back to say something like Forest of the Night with that was it Maeve or what Maeve was she mm-hmm. called yeah. um, where there's been quite a few stories where the, the, the doctors sought out children and those children have been ones you know troubled children the hearing voices are something and so and such and um, and then they've uh, are the girl the, the, the girl that um, from the caretaker episode, uh, where the doctor has that sort of <laughs> rather rough meeting with the with the young girl who who sneaks aboard the TARDIS and uh, and and so on, and uh, the ones that uh, in the forest, they, they, you know, they take on the overnight camp. Um, I think you know the, the sensibilities of children have been, uh, you know, that 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 kids. Well, we even go back to Fish Fingers and Custards, can't we? Well, I was just going to say, um, I, I always felt they, they should have done an episode or two with Amelia Pond as, you know, the young Amelia right. Pond as the companion. And then there's a separation and then he comes back and finds finds her 20 years later. You know, I, I thought that would have been more interesting just to have, you know, just to have him, as, you know, to see the doctor with having a companion that's that young. And and I think we got to the point where we're not going to assume there's any any. Ill, you know. I, I think originally they cast, you know, William Hartnell and they, as a grandfather, or whatever, just to make sure that there wasn't, you know, any hanky panky going on between um, the Doctor and and 
and his companion Susan there. So they made him the grand grandfather and granddaughter type of thing. Right. And, you know, but I, I think we've come to the point where we wouldn't think that. And um, but I, I think you know a spectrum of ages. You know, um, in Doctor Who companions is a good thing. You know, if, if we had Amelia Pond as a child as a companion in an episode two, that would have been great. Um, Wilf. You know, is, um, is ah, ageism, yeah, yeah right. representing the old, and then Donna, we're sort of the middle ground there, where it, you know, because we've seen a lot of young um, companions. And, I'm and, not your mate. You're not going to mate with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think you know, it'd be nice to see a little bit more in in the spectrum of ages represented on, on Doctor Who. We, we've seen some, but I think it's. It, it, it seems like most times the companions fall within a certain age bracket. Perhaps we ought to just go once round the room and sort of um, sum up how we feel, you know, how well this has been addressed then, maybe. Well, as, as always, I, w- I also like to invite our listeners to the debate as well or, or to the discussion because we're, oh, we're yeah. not, you're not really debating. But, I mean, uh, you know, what are your feelings as far as um, diversity in Doctor Who? All diversity, you know, uh, we didn't even touch upon eth- uh, um, ethnic- ethnicity. <laughs> I could even get the word out of my mouth uh, in Doctor Who. Ethnicity? Uh, yes. So, um but 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 you know all different types of diversity or aliens you know <laughs> from from we've had we had our share of aliens though not recently in companions it seems like since the series come back we've been pretty much strictly earth companions people earth earthers as companions though we have madame vestra and you know who's obviously well is she's from earth <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, obviously not, but then I realized, no, she is from Earth. (laughs) (laughs) She may be green and lizard-like, but she's from Earth. So uh, we have Earthism going on in Doctor Who right now. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, the the show has done a good job over the many years of, of, you know, challenging certain ideas and ideals. Um, I and and it's done some some good stuff in the in the new series. I just think um, we could explore a few uh, more avenues if we changed up the companion a little bit more. Uh, we haven't really had a challenge as far as companions go. We've had you know contemporary male or female uh, characters, usually somewhere in their twenties. From Earth, and that's it. You know, um, the show did always did a good job of having a, a you know a companion from a different planet, from a different time period. You know, I just love to see that variation. Yeah. You know, happen again. You know, where the Doctor picks up, you know, a companion from some other some other world, or you know, someone like uh, I mean, I know it's difficult from a production standpoint to have someone like Chanto uh, as a, as a companion, but you know. Mm-hmm. We're in that day and age where it's a lot easier to pull off an effect like that. Um, and, oh, Jabe, uh, Jabe, that tree. Yeah, the the world. Right. Yeah, she was from Earth. Oh, she was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, all right. Well, she was a 
Bit wooden though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 the only thing I'd like to see as far as you know, uh, a little more diverse in in our origin stories uh, for our companions. Now it would be would be nice. Well, you know, my sum up comment, uh, you know, I've said pretty much what I want to say about the uh, co- companions, the characters that have been on. But I want to mention one thing that we've forgotten in regards to diversity is this is a worldwide diverse audience mm-hmm. that are fans of Doctor Who. You know, I mean, how many TV programs, whether it's HBO, whether it's BBC, NBC, whatever, you know, broadcast, um, paid, whatever you want to call it, has world tours, has, um, you know, orchestra, um, you know, tours and all the things that, that this program has. And, you know, that right there is a testament to the diverse appeal, the mass appeal this show has. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point that that yeah. that the show now is so global. I mean, even back in the 80s, it was global, but now it's even more so. And it's it, and it, it, it's become more mainstream across the globe as well. Absolutely. Um, I've spoke quite a lot, so I won't say too much. I, I would just say that, um, you know, it's uh, the Pandorica Opens, and I mean, once, once, um, I mean, Doctor Who has survived 50 years plus through changing, and that change has actually, from somebody like me, it seems to be sort of at times getting away from it, but it isn't. It's that Doctor Who has kept in step with the times, and I've been behind the times learning to catch up. So that's what I've probably learn more than anything else not again because these things frighten me or worry me I'm, in in other in other shows I'll watch them and enjoy them and uh, you know they think uh, you know they think they're great um and I think it's it all boils down to is is this a children's show or does it does it aspire to be more and I think it's 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 totally apparent now that it, it it's 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 one for all ages. And if it is a show for all ages, then it has to be a show for uh, different aspirations, different uh, world viewpoints and so on. I thought, actually, Kyle, you were going to go uh, slightly differently and, and say, you know, why, why haven't we got a Mexican companion or, um, you know, you know or, uh, uh, somebody from uh, some tribe in Africa uh, or some um, Ethiopian in the thing. I thought that was where you're going. And, of course, but, with but- Good point, nonetheless. Yeah, with the universal translator, that the I mean, if if the TARDIS can mean that uh, companions can land on other worlds and understand what people are saying, uh, there's no reason why you couldn't have a an actor or an actress of a, a very clearly different ethnic origin and not just necessarily you know uh, a black American, but you know somebody from another country Um, so there's enough inflection in their accent to give the impression that as far as people around in the scene would think they were from the country of their origin but obviously it would be spoken in English and of course uh, one of the things that we we do know is that um, uh, Doctor Who especially from Graham Sheridan uh, that um, you know like in Germany we've got all the German voices uh, 
overdubbing the the different actors. So uh, it's absolutely commendable what Doctor Who's done. It's it's reinvigorated itself. It's done it. It's done it in fits and starts that have occasionally caused me discomfort, but. On the other hand, um, I suppose if I'd have had my way, uh, it would have died at the end of the TV movie and never come back. So I'll hold my hand up and say I'm in the wrong about this. And um, and I ought to embrace this diversity more. But, yeah, I think it's done an extremely good job. Far, far, far better than most TV shows have that get struck, stuck in a format. You know, they're going to be on TV for five years with two years' extension. They get the 100 episodes, it's going to go to syndication, job done, on to the next one. This is a show uh, for different generations, and it has to reflect that. So I'll take it back to uh, Lewis for his thoughts. Well, just to go back to what Ian was saying and, and what we were talking about before about um, non-human companions, the last non-Earth companion was actually Turlo, if if I'm not mistaken. That was the last non-Earther that oh. that could be considered. Well, Leela. Leela's before Turlo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, clever man. It's unless you count chameleon, but chameleon, I, you know, I, it's kind of pushing it. If um, then again, uh, but it's still uh, they they both chameleon and, and Trello's episodes uh, 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 seasons Astrid, coincide. Astrid Peth, unless you don't count her as a companion. Yeah, the one offs the specials. I don't know uh, if I count the 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 guests as companions or, or not. I mean, she, and, uh. um, but if you count her, yes, then she she would be the exception. But but it's still very short, yeah. Yeah. It's a voyage from the... De- voyage of the damned. Well, um, but I, I think my point was, again, is just to... Um, I mean, the series has evolved, and I think it's gotten to the point where... I mean, I think throughout its history, it's been fairly representative of, of different spectrum of diversity, but I think even more so, I think they've, they've, they've gotten more to it now. I think, you know, as it matures, you know, as, as the series matured and I think, you know, as society has matured. So I think there's, there's more representation. And as I said, I think it's always a good thing. There's, um, there's that famous, um, quote by Whoopi Goldberg that, um, you know, she saw, you know, she was watching Star Trek as a child, and and saw Nichelle uh, Nichols playing Yuhur. And she and she came, you know, she went into the other room with her, I don't know, her family, her mother, whatever, and said, "Look, look, there's a there's a black woman on television, and she's not she's not a maid, you know." So it's you know, and 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 that confirmed to her that she could grow up and be anything that she wanted to be. You know, seeing you know that that um, that black women were in the future and weren't you know you know they, they, they were on the command staff there of the starship. You know, and I know we're talking about Doctor Who, but the same thing could be applied to um, episodes of, of Doctor Who when we go to see representation of different races and um, different cultures and um, ages and orientations and. Um, sexes and whatever, so I, I think it's 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 always a good thing to be inclusive and be representative of the audience. And as Kyle said, it's a global audience now. It's um, 
you know, uh, but if you go back into its history, I think it's it's it could be reflective to the time that it was made and and where it was made, you know, um, as, as well. You know, people complain about you know Star Wars having that the Empire is made up of, of British people, but it, it was filmed in in um, in the UK, so they they used local talent there. That's why um, it, it, I don't think it was a premeditated decision that. You know that so many British people, that so many of the empire was going to be British. It's just that's where that you know that's that was the pool they were hiring from. Yeah, how the cookie crumbles. Mm. So um, again, we welcome your input as well. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've only touched the surface here. So um, you know, there, there's a lot to tackle here in, in over 50 years of. of Programming, so we, we welcome your input as well. We want to hear what you have to say, and um, so please send us your feedback in that respect. A- any other comments about diversity? Anything that we've overlooked? No, may- maybe we'll get uh, Lee. Unfortunately, couldn't join us tonight. Yeah, maybe we'll yeah. get some thoughts from Lee. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so speaking of feedback, let's let's head into the feedback section of the show. Um, and um, first up, we have a piece of audio feedback. This is from a regular Blue Box Bill, and this is feedback going. This is a feedback to our episode three twenty six, and this is a blue, what Bill what Blue Box Bill had to say about that. <laughs> Hello, Podshock. Today's feedback is in response to episode 326. Every time that the TARDIS lands on Earth, it uh, remodels itself according to the nearest available model. Oh, I like that. There you go. So, Ian, as long as the TARDIS doesn't return to Earth... It retains its present configuration. It remains unchanged. In other words, its appearance remains fixed, as long as the chameleon circuit isn't fixed. That would mean that when planet Earth no longer exists, the TARDIS exterior would no longer fluctuate. But what happens when it materializes on Earth, before the first police box was created? Or after the last police box is no more? I wonder. It was also yeah, brought go. to my attention that, that, that actual police boxes weren't made out of wood, so why do we see wood grain on the Oosh. the TARDIS? And I said, well, that's, that's right, there was concrete. Yeah, they were made of concrete, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. Well, the, and, and I, I use the same the explanation because this, this communion circuit is broken and it's, it's not operating properly. This is the reason why you see wood grain. In the words of second technician, Arnold J. Rimmer, Wrong, wrong, absolutely brimming over with wrong ability. <laughs> the history page on policeboxes.com indicates that some of the early police boxes were actually made of wood. Concrete is essentially a heavy liquid that is either spread or poured into molds. From the late 1800s into the early 1900s, forms made out of wood were commonly used to pour concrete into countless shapes. Which is to say that it was the best material available at the time to construct forms and molds. Visit ConcreteNetwork.com to see how closely concrete can resemble wood. 
The TARDIS looks like wood because it is modeled on either a wooden police box or a concrete police box that was constructed using wooden forms. It really is that simple. It has happened, but it hasn't happened happened. Well, it happened once and they were going to undo it. Right. But at this point, it hasn't happened yet happened. It has going to have happened be happening. <laughs> it has happened. You can't change it any more than you can change what you had for breakfast yesterday. Yeah, it hasn't happened, has it? It has, will have, going to have happened, happened, but it hasn't actually happened, happened yet, actually. Poppycock. It will be happened, it shall be going to be happening, it will be, was an event that could, will have been, taken place in the future. <laughs> Your bucket's been kicked, baby. <laughs> Says you... Says me and Albert Einstein, thank you very much. Until next time, keep producing the best Doctor Who podcast out there. Happy travels from Blue Box Bill. <laughs> thank well, you. with a name like that, you can't disagree, can you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love the clips there from Red Dwarf there. <laughs> yes. That's actually where the, the, that's what I was attempting to do when when I made that quote. <laughs> yeah, that I, I like I, li- I like yes. the way on those clips sounded so intelligent. Yeah, I was like, who's that? Who's that intelligent sounding man? Oh, it's me. <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> no, that's, that's yeah, great. Me, yeah. That he's researched uh, telephone box, police boxes, and, um, and and now we know. And I don't really have an answer for him on on, on what he called me up on. Was, uh, yeah, oh, there was well, probably alcohol involved in in, in, in my theory. And, and well, if, you know. if, if the if the TARDIS materializes on Earth before there were police boxes, it's, it's going to use the last pattern that it had. That's all. And the same it's thing space with what it's got. And, and, yeah. and the same yeah. thing if it, it materializes yeah. in the future when there was no police boxes, it still it retains the last pattern. That it has, just like if it goes on another alien planet somewhere. And time is also not linear. Yeah. Lunchtime, totally, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, though. Good good feedback. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Blue Box Bill. Okay, we have another feedback. This comes in email. It says, hi, guys. Great show. Your discussion a few weeks ago back about Osgood got me thinking. In Day of the Doctor, the Doctor's TARDIS gets airlifted while he is in it, but there's no explanation why they were looking for it. Um, could it be that they were looking for the current Doctor's TARDIS instead? This would make a prequel to Day of the Doctor. Keep up the good work, David. He says, thanks. Keep up the good work, David. Well... They'd been someday, wasn't they? They'd, they'd found a, a royal seal written by the Queen right. that, he, that he had to mm. uh, to be opened. And so he was... That was why it was lifted. I mean, it was also, let's face it, a, a lovely overhead view of London and they cordoned off London. I mean, it made a great dramatic scene. Opening so, scene, right. Yeah. yeah. But, but there was a purpose to him being called there. Because they'd had this, uh, and there was this, the painting, of course, as well. That's true, yeah. Right. And all the creatures from the painting that had broken out. 
Right. See, that didn't fez me. I mean, didn't phase me. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh-huh. <laughs> How cool. All right, well, once again, uh, we welcome your feedback. Send your feedback to Doc. You could call the Dr. Who Podshock public call box at 206-337-4699. And as always, I urge you to uh, go to our website to confirm the phone number because as I, we were saying earlier in the show, you could be listening at another time and another error to this show and the number sometimes changes. So just go to podshock.net and make sure that's the current number. As we record it, it's 206-337-4699. It works just like voicemail and keep it down to about three minutes. That would be great or so. And you could also um, record your feedback using a voice memo feature on your smartphone. Most of us have smartphones these days. You could record a piece of feedback that way. That might be the easiest way. And just sit, and then email it to feedback at net. Or you could even go to our website and send feedback via the website. There's a form there to do it. Or you could just send an email, um, you know, through old-fashioned text and, um, to po- feedback at net. Okay, uh, Lewis, I've got an addendum. Oh, sure. And it's not painful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's an addendum to our topic, so just listen for a minute. Doctor! You must be Malcolm. Time loop there. <laughs> yeah. Very fitting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, we never mentioned him, and he was uh, yeah. he was quite an old character, wasn't he? No, if, well, yeah. Interesting, yeah. You guys, when I say you guys, I'm talking about Dave and Ian. You just, oh, actually, I'm, I see, <laughs> as you're listening to this, you guys just did an episode. You haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow we haven't you, done it, done it, but we're going. It's going to gonna happen, but it hasn't happened yet. But it's going to ha- it's happen. It happened. It hasn't happened. Happened. It hasn't happened. Happened yet. So, and it was so good as well. <laughs> <laughs> so as we it record this so good. tomorrow, yeah. you'll be recording fact, an episode. But as our listeners are listening to it, it has already happened. Uh, I, right. the, the latest Cultum Collective, which is um, which you recorded on June twenty eighth, <laughs> deals or had dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> Timey wimey. Uh, we, we, we watch Doctor Who. We shouldn't be having such trouble with yes. this. <laughs> <laughs> It, well, well we, you had mentioned earlier in the show that the passing of, of various well-known established um, dignitaries um, of the genre recently, unfortunately. So uh, I, I think your sh- show is a nod and a salute to that, perhaps as well as other as other things, too. So uh, st- you could catch the Cultum Collective on com, but you could also catch um, you could catch it live there once a month at the last Sunday of the month, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Indeed. Correct. Yes. Okay. And you could catch it, previous recorded ones through uh, various, um, where, where where the best podcasts are found. You could use iTunes or right. uh, whatever, whatever. Whatever's your favorite. 
anything. We're everywhere. Yeah. Even if you've got an Android adv- device. Android device, iOS, we're agnostic when it comes to operating systems. Yes. We're out there. Just uh, <laughs> subscribe <laughs> to the I feed. love that. <laughs> yep. And, um, and Kyle, anything that you'd like to... Uh, Mention anything recent or anything you like to plug? You could again. You catch Kyle's has a a blog column on our site net, But Kyle, you also have HR on Doctor Who. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I have HR to Who, which is at my uh, website kylemjones dot com. You can also catch me on Twitter at kylemj six nine seven seven, and you know, as Lewis said, at podshot.net. Very good. And Dave, you can find on Twitter as well at DaveAC, at DaveAC, and Ian is the Sixth Doctor. And I'm Louis Trapani. Oh, you remembered. I remembered. That's, <laughs> that's, so how, that's how I know. <laughs> Just, <laughs> otherwise, I, you know. That's how you know it's you. That's how I know it's me. Okay, so thank you all, and thank our listeners. And as always, until next time, um, even until after that time, um, be good and before that time <laughs> don't get caught and <laughs> um, once again and diversify with feeling <laughs> once again with feeling um, faster and more intense <laughs> that's what George Lucas yeah, would say all ahead. the time to his actors it's, it's, it's an in joke for oh of course for Star of course Wars it is <laughs> For you, Ian, I'm sure it takes on a whole different meaning. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now now we're getting to uncomfortable territory for Dave. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure. Same here. Is that before or after? (laughs) It's it's happening now, but it already has happened, but it will happen again. (laughs) Happen. Happen. Happenstance. Yeah, it got away from us again. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye, Duggan. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifreyNMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. Just keep looking at me, Craig. Right at me. Just keep looking. Why? Well, because. Because. Because I love you. Love me? Yes, Craig, it's you. It's always been you. Me? Is that so surprising? Well, are you going to kiss me? Yes, Craig, yes, I am. Would you like that? A bit out of practice, but I've had some wonderful feedback. Doctor, no, I can't. I'm taken. Oh, my God! Oh, we could just hold hands if it would make you feel more comfortable. What is happening?